this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hello, my name is Alec Feldman. I do a radio show on Wizard Radio Station every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 5 p.m. UK time. And this is the podcast of that radio show. It's all the best bits without the music, maybe some of the rubbish bits as well, mainly just the whole show minus the songs. Every week we're going to release it so you can catch up on what's happened on the show this week. Just one thing to mention, I give out our contact details quite a lot throughout the course of the show. So you'll hear that on this podcast. But obviously, it's a podcast. It's pre-recorded. So if you do send in a message about something I'm talking about to the numbers I say, I mean, I'm not going to read it because it's already happened. It's in the past. It's pre-recorded. And no one's going to see it anyway. But here's the worst bit. You might still get charged for it, depending on how you send it. And even if you don't get charged for it, it's still a waste of your time. It's a waste of my time. It's a waste of everybody's time. And so I just wouldn't bother. If you would like to join in with the show and send me your stories or play our games, then you can do that just by listening live every Saturday afternoon, 3 to 5 p.m. UK time on Wizard Radio Station. So that's that out of the way. All there is left to say now is enjoy the podcast, subscribe to it, and maybe leave a little review as well saying how great it is. Not if you don't like it, though. If you hate it, don't bother. Thank you very much. Here's the podcast. This is Wizard Radio, and you're listening to Alex Feldman. What? What do you mean it's Alex Feldman with a C? Oh, this is Wizard Radio and you're listening to Alec with a C, Feldman. It's getting hot in here. It's getting hot out there. And it's getting hot in the Labour Party because it's all kicking off again. And if there is one vine that perfectly describes what's been going down over the last 24 hours, this is it. So basically, um, what I was thinking of was, um, oh, I can't believe you've done this. It's Saturday. It's three o'clock. Now, live from London, Alec Feldman. I don't know if either of them are seeing each other. Uh, sorry, don't know if either of them are seeing anyone, right? But if they're not, I think they'd actually be quite good together. It's kind of by chance that I played them one after the other. But Lana Del Rey and Young Blood, I just think they'd get on. You know what I mean? When you get a vibe off someone that they'd match, I think those two would be quite good together. Uh, we are doing time for Lana Del Rey. Hopefully, underrated youth from Youngblood. And it's Alec Feldman here. Hello. Good afternoon. I'm live for two hours on the radio. It's my turn to come and play. And play we shall. I have quite a large show for you this week. And I don't say that every week. Sometimes it's it's a fairly regular-sized show. This week, slightly larger than average. Um, lots of cool stuff coming, including... 
a board game on the radio at 10 past 4. I'll explain more of that in a bit. But um, just a quick life update for you in case you're interested. I mentioned this on the show last week. I had a date on Saturday night. Who was the date with? Myself. I went on a date with myself um, because nobody nobody else was around. All my friends were busy or back at uni or whatever. Even my own family had other plans that didn't involve me. So I went out all by myself to a, a podcast live show because that's the kind of cool human being I am. And um, as it happened, it was it was quite good. I had a lovely time, even though I was on myself, uh, on my own. Laughed a lot and had a lovely chat with the people whose podcast it was at the end. They were like, oh, hi, good to see you, and gave me a hug. So you know what? I call that quite a good outcome, in case you're interested. My, my solo date last Saturday was, I'd say, quite a big success. So if you want to take yourself out for a little date tonight all on your own, go for it. Maybe. It was kind of awkward though. I was sat by myself in a whole row. No one else was sat next to me. Literally four four chairs in this row and just me there. But you know, other than that, I'd say it was fine. So that's just a little life update for you. Um, on the show today, other things to tell you about, including some really freaky coincidences that have been going on. The storming that never was. An incredible toilet that I experienced and need to tell you about. And also in the next five minutes, um, I do like a good Taylor Swift conspiracy. I'm a bit of a Taylor Swift truther, and I have I have thoughts on what she is like as a human being and how she chooses to exercise influence. More in the next ten. Also, another life update coming before four o'clock. I achieved a dream last week. On Wednesday night, I saw Craig David perform. I love Craig David. If you listen to the show, you'll know I love Craig David. I saw him perform live on Wednesday. I need to tell you all about that. That'll come in the next hour. Also, at 4.10, like I said, board games on the radio. We helped, you helped me make this last week. It's called Order Order. It's a parliamentary-based board game. Yeah, I know, but I, I think it's better than that gives it justice. You know, it's better than it sounds, basically. We're playing that at 4.10. 10, an actual board game on the radio. I've made it. I've made the board game using your suggestions. It's all coming up. And we've got a 60 second guide. And if that's not enough, we've also got another round of someone's knocking at your door coming up at 3.55. So there is a lot to stick around for. So please do stick around for it. Or at the very least, get the podcast after the show because you do not want to miss any of those things. Also music wise coming, I've got Black Bear, a song called Hot Girl Bubba. Yeah, five sauce Halsey on the way, and Khalid plays next. Whew. Okay, that's that's a lot to take on board. So let's, let's slow the pace down a bit and do this week I learned. This week I learned three lessons that I've learned in the last seven days for your enjoyment and for your advancement. Okay, lesson number one. This week I learned that Euston is the worst station in London, if not the country. I hate it. I've spent quite a lot of my summer on trains. I was thinking about this recently. As a proportion, a percentage of my summer, I'd say possibly 10 to 20% of it has been spent on trains, which is quite a lot, I think. And so I've been to a lot of stations and I've been to a lot of places in the country. I've been to Liverpool, to Bradford, to Sheffield, to Manchester, loads of places in the UK. And having been through all these train stations, I can tell you that Euston is the worst. It's horrible. It's in London. Um, it's the station 
you go to, if you want to go to places like Manchester, anywhere in sort of the northwest, you have to go to Euston. It's it's just horrible. It's ugly. It's old. You can't find your way around. Everyone seems miserable, and it's just a very depressing experience in general to have to travel through Euston. So I do not I do not rank it at all. Terrible train station, the worst in London. That is what I have learned. So if you can avoid it, then don't bother. Go somewhere else. Go to King's Cross. I love King's Cross. It's got a lovely roof. Anyway, that, that was lesson number one. Lesson number two, which also relates to Euston, the station, and possibly determined my view of it, at least in part. This week I learned that just because it's free, it does not mean it's good. Whilst I was waiting at Euston to get my train, it was fairly early in the morning, and they had some like some promo people there who were there handing out free samples of stuff. And I'm a sucker for anything free. I love free stuff. Anywhere there is free food, I'm there like that. I love it, usually. However, um, on this occasion, they were handing out some free bars of something. They're these weird, like, I don't even know what they are. They're vegetarian, gluten-free, protein, fiber, environmentally friendly bars. Um, and they're all wrapped in paper, so it's good for the environment. And they've got all sorts of supposedly healthy ingredients in. And so they were handing them out. I was like, oh, free stuff. Amazing. So obviously walked past, got a free one. Then obviously I had to do the thing where I went back in the other direction to get a second free one. So I've got two of these free bars now. I ate one of them. Uh, The second is still here. It's in front of me. It's sat on my desk. I'm looking at it right now. Um, It's orange, the packaging. And the flavor is delicious dark chocolate, banana and pecan, fruit and nut bar. Mm-mm-mm. Yummy. The reason I still have one on my desk is because after I had the first one, I decided I never wanted to experience that ever again. It's horrible. It tastes like rubbish. Awful. Really like bitter and nutty and chewy and bleh. No, not nice at all. It was not an enjoyable eating experience. So just because it was free doesn't mean it's good. I was getting a bit ahead of myself by going back for seconds before I'd even tried my first one. So there you go. That can go in the bin. I don't know if you heard that. I just threw it at the bin and missed. Anyway, lesson number three this week. I learned nice clothes cost dollar, which is, which is quite upsetting. I'm normally a massive cheapskate when it comes to clothes. I buy like just a selection of block color t-shirts from Primark and that's me done for like a year. And I haven't, I haven't got anything new for a while. And lots of my clothes now kind of they have holes in or stains or sweat packs and all sorts of like horrible stuff. So I got some new ones. I got I got basically sent to the shops. Mum was like, need new clothes, go on. So off I went and I was like, you know what, this time I might actually get some nice clothes and maybe spend a bit more money than I usually would at Primark just so like it looks kind of all right. I had just been paid, so I was like, you know what, let's use some money from the work I've been doing to actually make myself look nice. But oh my God. I basically lost a day's wages just in buying a few t-shirts and a couple of shirts. Like, what's going on? Why do clothes cost so much money? It's just, it's a t-shirt with someone's name on it and a logo or something. And yet they charge so much money for it. So nice clothes, nice, I'm tongue tied. Nice clothes cost money. And this has upset me because now I have less money, which is sad. So all in all, this week we've learned Euston is the worst station in London. Just because it's free does not mean it's good. And nice clothes cost money that I don't really like spending. Good. Now we've established that. I have a Taylor Swift conspiracy for you next.
first, Khalid, and right back, it's Wizard Radio. I like him so much more now he's cheered up a bit and he's not so downbeat and whiny. That was Khalid, and right back on Wizard Radio, I'm Alec Feldman. Good afternoon. Thanks for having us on. Um, I've, I've always been a bit suspicious of Taylor Swift. I don't know why. I just, I'm somewhat sceptical of her as a human being and the way she went from being kind of a bit lame, the butt of jokes, to actually quite cool and like the queen of pop music and a force to be reckoned with and just kind of the, the leader of the modern world, really. I, I wonder how this happened. And I've always thought there must be something up. She's either hiding subliminal messages in her songs or she's put something in the water or, I don't know, she hired someone else to play the part of Taylor Swift. Something. Something is funny about Taylor Swift. I've always thought this. I'm a Taylor Swift truther and I'm determined to uncover what it is. Now, I haven't quite got to the bottom of it yet, but I have unleashed what I would call a conspiracy and a cover-up on a grand scale that has been instigated by Taylor Swift. Now, you might think I sound crazy, and at this point, you are totally allowed to think that, I suppose. But I do have some cold, hard evidence to present to you that is irrefutable. You cannot argue with it. When you hear what I have unearthed, you too will be brought round to the opinion I have that Taylor Swift, something's not right. She's trying to trick us all into doing something, into buying a music or something worse. I don't know. Um, so here's what I have discovered. There is, there is a song, a recent song by her and Brendan from Panic! at the Disco called Me. Now, I really like this song. I have even gone as far as describing this song as one of the greatest songs in the world, I believe. Now, whether that was my actual opinion or whether that was just a result of brainwashing by Taylor, I don't know. But I, I like the song. And because I like the song, I was listening to it the other day on Spotify. And something didn't sound right. And this is, this is what it is, okay? Do you remember this bit of the song? It's possibly the most memorable bit of the song. It's when Taylor and Brendan say this just after the chorus. They're about to go into middle eight. This happens. See, everyone knows that bit of the song, right? Where they go, hey kids, spelling is fun. Everyone's like, oh, that's a bit cringeworthy, isn't it? Or, oh, that's a bit funny. Whatever you think of it, that bit really defines the song. But something, something has happened. There is a disinformation campaign. Um, James Gilmore, hello. 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 What are your thoughts on the Taylor Swift conspiracy, just out of interest? Well, it is true, is, um, is that she's removed that from the album version of the song. She has. If you go to the actual song that's on the yeah. album, at about 1 minute 50, yeah. and play us what happens then. Okay, playing now. Yeah, they've just put in a bit of drumming. They've completely removed the bit where they say, hey kids, spelling is fun. It's gone. It's, it's gone. just been deleted as if it was never there. But, trying to pretend it was never there. But it does make the song better. It's not being there, even though once you've heard it, you can never unhear it. It is better without that because I thought that was really cheesy of Taylor. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not arguing you with you, but it's it's the cover up that I don't like. They just sneakily, without telling anyone, just changed the song on Spotify so that it was like it was never there. Taylor Swift is trying to cover up something, and I will find out one day what it is. But this is just more evidence to suggest that Taylor Swift is is not all as she seems. I think anyway. Coming up next, I need to tell you about another musical fascination I have, but for a different reason, a positive reason. Craig David, I saw live this week. All the details coming after Black Bear and Hot Girl Summer. If you heard me going into that song before it started, um, you would have heard something I've never done before, which is me shouting the word bummer into, into a song. The song is called Hot Girl Bummer. I fell for the same trap that Black Bear probably wanted everyone to fall into, which is calling it Hot Girl Summer. But it's actually Hot Girl Bummer, which is a different song by someone called Black Bear. Um, and there you go. That was it. It's Wizard Radio with Alec. And uh, now, something I'm sure you've all been waiting for. A momentous occasion in my life. Huge. A game changer. Ever since this show started, over two years ago, one thing that I think has been, been quite clear about me is that I really like Craig David. I don't really know why. I don't know when it started. I don't know what caused it. But... I just think it's, it's fascinating as a human being as much as, as a musician, just because he's, he's a bit weird. You get the feeling Craig David doesn't really exist on the same plane that the rest of us do. He's kind of in his own world, but you know what? That's cool because he's brilliant and he does good songs. And, and that is probably one of the reasons why I just think Craig David is awesome. And I got an incredible opportunity, which was to see Craig David perform live in quite weird circumstances, I should add. It wasn't like a big gig he was doing you could get tickets to. It was some kind of like charity awards presentation evening that I wasn't even invited to. Do I do anything for charity now? My sister was invited to because she completed her bronze D of E. So, you know, well done to her. A bronze D of E. So she got invited to the Roundhouse in Camden to go pick it up. And she got a plus one. And I was that plus one. And as part of this like charity awards evening thing, they'd somehow, I don't know how, managed to get Craig David to come and perform, which is quite insane because generally the, the caliber of so-called famous people they had there otherwise was, was quite poor. They had a magician who came third in Britain's Got Talent one year. Um, they had someone that used to be on Made in Chelsea. And they had a man who played a baddie in a CBBC show that ran for about one series about 10 years ago. But despite that, they also managed to bag Craig David for a performance. And I was I was so excited about this because the whole thing was free. I did not have to pay a penny other than my tube fare to get there. And Craig David was going to be there, someone I have idolized for several years and was just really, really keen to get to see. And um, the, there was a price for this, not a financial price. I did have to sit through sort of two and a half hours of this quite boring self-congratulatory awards evening, which I could have done without, to be quite honest. It, it wasn't that interesting. It was just loads of people saying how great they are. You know, I can leave that out completely. But then they got through all that. They were like, oh, don't forget Craig David's going to be here. They spent the whole evening teasing ahead to Craig David. It then got to the point where Craig David was supposed to come on. Um, but for whatever reason, it just it wasn't quite ready yet. And so they just kept filling time. They invited more people to give speeches about volunteering they've done and how great this charity is. Uh, they went out to the audience and basically just kept going around. Anyone that would 
talking to a microphone going, so what have you done to be here? Blah, 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 for like loads of people. They finish one person talking about their, their bronze DV. They found another person who was talking about their NCS. We like NCS on this show quite a lot, by the way, just saying. Um, it's someone talking about, uh, I don't know, some other volunteering hours they'd done. From person to person to person, nobody was listening. Everyone was talking over it just to fill time to try and cover up the fact that Craig David wasn't ready yet. And in the end, I think the crowd got quite rowdy, quite angry. There were there were chants, people going, we want Craig, we want Craig. I think if it had gone on any longer, there probably would have been riots. People would have, I don't know, picked up mini bagels and started throwing them around the place. That's how desperate things were getting. But then, finally, the moment came. Craig was ready to go out. They said, okay, are you ready, everyone? Here he is, Mr. Craig David. All the lights go down. They show a video, like, introducing him the video ends and then and then nothing everyone's waiting come on where's craig when's he gonna when's he gonna appear and there's just nothing and the tension builds up some more and then the lights go back up and the guy who was on stage before comes out again and he goes right um basically i've just spoken to craig and he says he's not gonna come out until you scream really loudly for him. Which means one of two things, I think. Either Craig David is a massive egomaniac, which is a possibility we can't discount, or he wasn't ready yet and they were just trying to fill time desperately and didn't know what to do, so they just got everyone to cheer for Craig David some more. So then he goes, he says, come on everyone, if you want to scream for Craig David, everyone goes, woo, Craig David, we want Craig, blah, blah, blah. Lights go down again. And then, then a figure emerges in the shadows walks up onto stage, gets behind his big TS5 box that somehow appeared, and and he starts playing. You hear the opening bars of Re-Rewind, when the crowd say Bo, Selector. He starts doing his thing, and oh my god, what followed was just 40 minutes of, of brilliance. Musical brilliance, performance brilliance. I was just gobsmacked. Made slightly weirder by the fact that the audience was mostly people either too young to rem like know or remember who he was, but also people too old to know who he was. It was like, I don't know, 12-year-olds and their parents. So it was a weird kind of demographic he was performing to. But despite all that, he just, he gave it his all. Or if he didn't, it was still enough. It was such a good performance. Like, so much energy. He was really, like, hyping up the crowd, even though most of them probably didn't really know who he was. And like, it was just incredible. The song, he did his own songs, they were incredible. He did like covers and mashups. He did that like freestyling over Jack U, where are you now that he does quite a lot. And it was just insane. I've never enjoyed a live music experience as much as I enjoyed watching that. And I haven't had all that many live music experiences. Um, there was the time I saw Busted, and then there was the cool like orchestra thing when I was working a few weeks ago. And this just goes straight to the top. 40 minutes of Craig David being awesome to quite a small crowd. He was like high-fiving everyone in the front and like doing that cool intense eye contact thing with people. And oh man, it was so good. So good. I feel like a changed person now I have seen Craig David perform. I feel fulfilled. I feel content. It was just, it was great. And I feel like I've talked about how great Craig David was for long enough now that I should actually get on with like asking you something. Because there is a reason I'm telling you all this, other than assuming that you're interested in my love for Craig David. Um, I had an amazing time. I thought it was great. It was brilliant. Lived up to my expectations and more. But 
I want to know about when it's gone the other way and you are really excited to, to see someone or to meet someone. It doesn't have to be like a gig. It could be anyone like a, I don't know, a meet and greet, a YouTuber. If you went go to something like Summer in the City and you've met them and then they've actually been a massive disappointment. Uh, they've been mean or rude or the set's been rubbish or just something. The play's been rubbish if you go see plays or musicals. I don't know. But basically, something you've been really excited for that's actually turned out to be just a massive disappointment. That is what I want to know about. We've had enough positivity when I'm talking about how great Craig was. I want to hear when it goes wrong. So 07807-183-538. Send me a text, please. Or tweet me, at Radio, Or you can send me an email, station at wizardradio.co.uk. And the text number one more time, 07807-183-538. When have you been really excited to meet someone? And then it's turned up to be a massive disappointment. We'll read a few of these out in a bit. First, though, I'm uh, going to play some Five Sauce and Halsey's coming up next. This is Alex Feldman, the podcast. You just heard Halsey in Graveyard, and before that, Five Seconds of Summer with Teeth. It's Alex Feldman on Wizard Radio coming up. Music from the script and Lizzo, that really good song from her, is on the way before four o'clock. First, though, um, I've just about got over the excitement I sort of generated in myself from reliving my Craig David experience uh, that happened this week. Um, I'm over it now. It was good, but, you know, it's over, which is a shame. But hopefully one day me and Craig will be reunited. Hopefully one day I'll be able to interview him. That is the the goal now. I've seen him perform. Now I need the interview. But in the meantime, um, I asked you, not when you saw someone you were really excited about and it was amazing because that's boring. I asked you about when you've seen someone or something that you were really excited about and actually, it's been a massive letdown and you've left feeling sad and, and bitter um, because I think that's much more interesting as a topic for the radio. Olivia's been on. She says, I once saw Johnny Depp. Ooh, that's a that's a A-lister to start with. Walking in the street in London. I have no idea where he was going, what he was doing or anything like that. But he was walking through London with security. No joke. I believe you. It's fine. Olivia says, so, obviously, I wanted a selfie or an autograph because it's Johnny Depp. Understandable. So I started walking towards him, and as I approached him, he gave me this look, this glare, as if to say, don't take one step closer to me. I was so scared that I just walked away and didn't ask him for a picture. He really scared me with just his eyes. I guess that just shows what a talented actor Johnny Depp is, that he can just with a look, terrify someone into running away and not getting that selfie they were after. Yeah, well, I suppose you don't want to take your chance if he's got security as well. So I think right decision there, Olivia, but sad. Be a, be a sport, Johnny Depp, come on. Also, a message from David. When I was younger, my mum would take me to the theatre to see a show every summer, just a bit of a tradition we had. One year I saw a show, I think it was Grease or Mamma Mia. I don't remember which. But I loved it so much that we went to the stage door afterwards to meet the cast. I don't know what I was expecting, but as the cast walked out, I was so disappointed because I realised I didn't recognise any of them outside their costumes. <laughs> so I just stood there asking for autographs from people I don't know. That's quite funny, actually. I'd never even considered that. That I suppose if you're in if you're in a play, they come out out of costume and it's like, who are you? I suppose that's their filter method. That's the way of telling the difference between the hardcore theatre fans who like know the actors and love them and the ones that are just like oh my god I met Donna from Mamma Mia yeah oh that's that's a letdown so of the autographs you have were any of them actually in the show or were they literally strangers who were also standing outside the stage door 
you should probably like google the people whose signatures you do have just to find out whether they you did actually get lucky and find out who they played or whether it was just a total randomness and you've got a worthless piece of paper with some signatures on but yeah that's quite a bummer a summer bummer even uh, gabby says a few years ago i was obsessed with little mix i'm not really obsessed with them anymore it was a phase uh, and me and a friend found on twitter which hotel they were staying at and we waited outside to meet them stalker there were loads of people there and then little mix walked out of the hotel people screamed and they walked straight into their cars with security around them everyone was screaming and so excited and i was just like they could have stopped to say hi very disappointing I mean, you did you did follow them. You stalked them and tracked them down to their hotel, Gabby. You can kind of understand why they might be like, no, not right now. Can you imagine if they'd stop to say hi to everyone every time they saw them? They'd be late um, everywhere they went. But yeah, and I can understand that that would be a letdown. You go all the way to some, probably like a fancy London hotel and they just ignore all of their adoring fans outside. Yeah, fair enough. That is a disappointment. Well, um, I'm sorry that you lot have all had quite unfortunate experiences in meeting your idols or seeing your idols or not. But I would just like to remind you that I had a really great time. Yeah, and couldn't have been better. So much love to Craig David. Coming up next, an incredible toilet. It's not made of gold like last week, but this week's toilet discussion, you're going to want to hear it. It's coming after the script. This is the last time. The script and the last time. Is that like a, a follow-up to the first time? They had a song called The First Time, so is this like the part two, like the response? I don't know. But I quite like the script, so it's it's nice that they're back. They go away for just long enough for you to think they're kind of finished, and then they're back, and it's like, oh, the script is still on. Great. Uh, so that was new from them. Called The Last Time. It's Wizard Radio with Alex Feldman. And um, it's now time for our weekly segment, Talking Toilets. Um, last week, I was telling you about the solid gold toilet that got nicked. Worth a million quid and some robbers just run away with it from some stately home in Oxfordshire. This week, a slightly different toilet but still quite impressive. This one was not made of gold. It was just a normal China toilet, but with some incredible features. And I had the privilege to use it. What is the best toilet you've ever used? Just think about that for a second. Because this one was, was next level. It was something else. The situation I found myself in, in which there was such an amazing toilet was in a in a really really insanely stupidly fancy expensive london hotel that i sort of found myself in by accident so i was doing an interview last sunday with someone quite famous that you'll hear on the show in december it's a while off yet but just put that in the diary in december you're going to hear an interview with someone famous that i did last sunday in a very fancy hotel in london and these these interviews happen in like hotel rooms and you wait in a different hotel room and obviously it's a hotel and it's got a bathroom and so i was sitting down just getting ready to do my interview reading through all my questions thinking mm, i'm feeling a bit nervous i think i better go for a nervous wee before i get called in and i go into this toilet and next to the toilet there's a weird panel with buttons on and i'm like hang on a minute what's this for and i look at the little diagrams on the buttons and i discover that the buttons control the toilet it was a like a remote controlled toilet with these incredible features for example one button you could put both lids down push the button and the toilet itself closes the lid you can push another button and it opens the top lid you can push another button it opens both of the lids at the same time what crazy but as if that's not enough there were some other buttons labeled 
They only had pictures, not words. But from what I gather, they were different settings that you could put the toilet on so that it would it would spray water upwards. The toilet would like it would clean you. A toilet that cleans you, you don't have to do anything, you just sit back, relax. The toilet does all the hard work. And I was I was stood there thinking, this is incredible. I don't even care about this interview anymore. I'm suddenly not nervous anymore just because of this this mad toilet. And um, I was basically sending my friends loads of Snapchats of me playing around with this toilet. The thing that disappointed me the most was I think the, well, the water jets that are like spray upwards, they only work if you sat down. And I wasn't sat down because I was just doing a wee. I wasn't ready. I didn't have time for a sit down wee. Um, so I couldn't have tested it properly fully giving it a full review but i was i was doing all these things to try and trick it into thinking i was sat down like sort of kneeling on it and putting my shoe on it none of it worked um so i couldn't test out the cool watery spray jets but what an incredible toilet i was having so much fun playing around with this toilet that i nearly missed the interview <laughs> because uh, um, the lady came in to call me in but like it's your turn alec feldman and I was in the toilet messing around with it whilst whilst this was going on and I had to sort of like quickly rush to the door unlock it and poke my head out and be like yep yeah, that's me sorry I was just in the toilet they had no idea that I was just messing around with the cool button that lifted the seat up and down um but it was it was mad uh sorry to this very fancy hotel I'll probably never be invited back again um I kind of accepted that anyway it's the kind of place you only really go to once but I had I had my fill I had fun I had fruit on a cocktail stick as well, but more importantly, I got to play with this amazing toilet, and that's good enough for me. All in all, a very satisfied. Oh, the interview was all right as well, but mainly the toilet. That was that was the key message of the day, I think. Coming up next on Wizard Radio, someone's knocking at your door is back for another week after Lizzo. I really like the song. It's called Good as Hell. Lizzo, Good as Hell. the second week in a row that you've done this to me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That I'm, was not I'm really fault. bad at that. Two weeks in a row you've made me sound like a lemon. You are a lemon anyway, mate. Very true. Anyway, can I go now? Oh, yeah, mate. We can go. Okay, good. Welcome, everybody, to Someone's Knocking at Your Door, the only game show on the radio based on adverts for the postcode lottery. I'm Alec Feldman. I will be your host, and in just a minute, somebody will be knocking at the door. But who will it be this week? I don't know. The only way to find out is by you guessing who it is that is knocking at the door. So um, we'll just uh, wait wait a few moments to see if anyone uh, magically, conveniently appears when I want them to. Oh, is that the door I hear? Yeah, I heard that. Did you hear that? I wonder who it is. I'm going to go and have a look through the peephole and see who is standing there. Hmm. Ah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, uh, an unusual guest this week, but, but quite relevant, I think. Here's the thing, though. I don't want to let them in until you guess who is knocking at the door. So oh, to do that, you're allowed five questions. James gets five yes-no questions that he can ask me to determine who it is that is knocking at the door. Okay. Um, my first question is, um, hard, um, are they, 
A man. I believe so, yes. Okay. I believe so. That's an interesting turn of phrase. Um, are they British? I'm going to have to look that one up. Obviously, I can't tell just by looking through the peephole. Yeah, so, okay. are they British? Yes, they are British. They're British male. Are they best known as a character? In a way, yes. Are they a musician? No. Okay. I've got one more question. Let's make this one a good one. So not known as a character, they're known for being themselves. They're not a musician. They're British, or so Alec believes. No, they I kind know, of they're are British. A Pardon? They kind of are a kind character. Kind of are a character. In a way. This means that they are themselves, but they are a heightened version of themselves. Yeah. And Alec believes they're male. Um, Get one more question. Yeah, let me work out what I want. Um, are they relevant today? Very relevant today. Okay. I think I know who it is, but okay. Interesting. Okay, we can tell me your fair. It's not Ainsley Harriet. Oh, damn it. Not this I, week. I always think it's Ainsley Harriet. Not not today. Oh, okay. But those are your clues. They're a man, they're British, I think. They're a character, they're not a musician, and they're very relevant today. Who is knocking at the door? I will only let them in and have a chat with them if you can guess. So get your guesses in right now. 07807 183 538 is the someone's knocking at your door guest hotline. You can also tweet us on at WizRadio, send us a message on Facebook, or send an email to station at wizardradio.co.uk. Who's knocking at the door today? They're a man, they're British, they're a character, sort of. They're not a musician, and they're quite relevant on today, the 21st of September, 2019. Who is it? Guesses on a postcard, please. We'll find out in about 50 minutes' time. Also coming up... A board game on the radio, 10 minutes away. Also, Georgia Smith and Ed Sheeran. And right now, the news is a minute past four. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Recommended by doctors as part of a healthy diet. Wizard Radio, Georgia Smith and Burner Boy. Be honest, and Ed Sheeran, Stormzy. Before that, take me back to London. It's Alec Feldman here. Coming up, Camila Cabello, Ariana Grande, and someone knocking at your door at 4.50 as well. Now, though, last week, I came up with an idea. I had an idea. I had a vision that one thing that the world needed was a parliamentary board game about the mechanisms in the British Parliament that you can play at home and have lots of fun. And I asked you for suggestions that we could put on the, the event cards that come up as you go around the board. And to use, I used all them and I have now made the game. And if you want to see what this, this board looks like, I drew it by hand earlier today. There's a little cartoon on there. There's some squares. There's some question marks when you have to take a card. It will very soon, possibly now, if not very soon, be on the, the Atwiz Radio Twitter. I'm very, very pleased with this board. Oh, I can see it right now. It is up there. Atwiz Radio, go have a look. I've made this game, and I want to give it a go right now on the radio. Now, board games on the radio, how does that work? I'm not entirely sure. Um, James Gilmore's going to be playing. I'm also going to be playing. There is going to be a slight difficulty in that we're we're not in the same place. So only I can actually see the board. But he'll just have to put his trust in me that I won't cheat. And 
if you go and have a look at the board on our Twitter, you could probably play along too. Just, you know, use your finger to move around the board and what have you. Although that doesn't quite work for the cards. You know what? Never mind. We can we can put it to mass market later. But at the moment, I think let's just get going. James, are you excited to play? Um, yeah, I'm excited. You're right. It involves a lot of trust, this one. It does. I've got the dice. I've got the pieces. And I've got the cards. But just, just I'm an honest broker. Just assume that I'm going to do everything by the book. A lot of assuming is going to be happening during this segment for all involved. Yeah, I think so. The aim of the game is to get from the start all the way around the board to the end where you get a law passed. The aim of the game is to get your law passed. There'll be a lot of setbacks on the way and you move forward by rolling two dice. Um, now, what piece would you like to be? I can give you a choice of several items, James. Okay. You could be a 1p coin, a key ring that has a mini Oscar statue on it, um, a hammer, or a poppy pin badge that says 1916 to 2016. I'm going to take the hammer. Okay, you're the hammer. I'm going to put that on to start. I think I'm going to be the 1p coin. Um, and you get to roll first. Obviously, I've got the dice, so I'm going to roll for you. And you've rolled an eight. So I'm going to move you eight places with your hammer, okay? One, okay. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, and you've landed on a card. Oh, yay. So I'm going to pick up a card. It says, one of your MPs is overheard making a racist comment. Oh, They're God. condemned. I know, what a disaster. They're condemned and forced to apologize. But this actually makes them more popular. So you get to move forward four places. Oh, yay. So racism in this instance has paid off for you. Well done. Thank you. One, I never two, thought we'd say four. that phrase on air. <laughs> no. Did you ever think you'd be doing board games on air? No, it's, there's a lot of new things happening right now. Yeah. Okay, and that was my turn, so I'm going to roll to see where my 1p gets moved. I've got 6, 7, 8, 9, 11. So, you know, 1, 2, 3, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. I didn't land on anything interesting, so you get to roll again. Okay, wait a second. Did you? Are there you ahead of me, me, though? Or behind me? I'm one spare behind you. Okay, cool. As things stand. And you've got nine. Wow, I'm doing well. Yes, I'll move you one, two, three. Nine places. You've landed on nothing special. Oh, okay. So I'm going to roll now. And I've also landed on nine, which means I'm going to be one behind you again. Oh. Still. Okay, <laughs> nine. Yeah, and I'm now one behind you. And then you get to roll again. Wait, have you not landed on anything? No. Your spacing is not very good here, is it, Alec? Maybe, maybe not. But look, this is a prototype. It's It needs work. Definitely. So before we put it on sale, uh, you've just rolled a four. Oh, that's not very good. Mm, one, two, three, four. But you've landed on. Oh, no, you haven't. One, two, three. No. You've... I, forgot, I forgot what you were. One. Okay, you know, you haven't landed on anything. Because God, I haven't how can we have so right many yet. turns without landing on anything? I haven't designed this very well, clearly. Clearly. I've just rolled a nine. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, yeah. I also haven't landed on anything. Well, are you ahead or in front? of me i'm ahead or behind four squares ahead of you okay wait but i don't even know what the law is that i'm trying to get past well i mean do you want to make up one it doesn't really matter what it is but um you can think of one like no let's just continue i'm, I'm trying okay. to not get too invested 
why? Are you not enthusiastic about this great well, game? Well, only, we've only had one card and my MP was racist. <laughs> yeah, you make, a, you make a good point. Okay. okay. Is it your turn again? I think it is. Yeah. You've rolled a three. Which means, oh, you've landed on another mystery box. Oh, brilliant. So you get another card. Let's find out what happens this time. Oh. What? Uh, <laughs> read it. Read it, Alec. You successfully prorogue Parliament so that your legislation <laughs> passes without any scrutiny. Move straight to the finish. Yeah. So, <laughs> so basically, the game the game's over. We've had two cards. And the game's wow. already finished. That was so good. Oh no! Oh my god! What a disaster! That was the best board game ever. My MP was racist, but I still got to move forward. <laughs> and then you went places. straight to the finish. Wow. God. <laughs> that was a lot. I don't know no other cards. Alec, no, that, that was oh, very special no. of you. Wow. This is a disaster. Oh. Okay, back to the drawing board, I think. With <laughs> very order, much. Order. Not quite ready to be put on sale yet. I am fuming still. Camila Cabello and Liar, by the way. Can't believe it. I worked so hard making an incredible board game. And then not much happens. We get two cards. The second of which meant James went straight to the end and he won. Definitely back to the drawing board. This isn't the end for Order Order. It's just a minor bump in the road. Okay, we can, we can get past this, I'm sure. It's Alec here on Wizard Radio. And now... I want to talk to you about something that happened yesterday, or to be more precise, something that didn't actually happen yesterday. Because yesterday, 20th of September, 2019, was a big day. A huge Facebook event was scheduled to take place. You've probably seen it because it was all over everyone's timelines. Yesterday was the big day. The day that thousands, millions of people were set to descend upon Area 51 in Nevada, in America, and storm it because they can't stop all of us. And everyone was going to barge in there and burst through the gates and f find true evidence that, that finally aliens are real and they've been covered up by the US government. But actually, they're all there and we were going to find them. Two million people were going to find them. And, and this was the big day yesterday. Um, there were two million people who said they were going. Another million and a half who were interested so that is a potential 3.5 million people who could have gone up to Area 51 and stormed it and found the aliens. Do you want to know how many people actually showed up? Take a guess. Out of 3.5 million who said they were definitely going or might be going, how many made it to the front gate of Area 51? Any guesses? Yeah, 75. Not 75,000. Not, not 75 million. 75 people. That was it. 75. None of them even tried to get in. They just stood outside the gate and went, oh, we're storing Area 51. There was no storming. They were merely standing. If there was no force entry, it was not a storming. And what I like about this story is um, there were a lot of people worried in like the law enforcement that it would get out of control. People would actually try and break in. So the police were quite worried. Um, there was only one arrest. It was a man who got caught urinating near the entrance so there you go the big storming just turned out to be one man getting his knob out and doing a little wee against a fence um 
and one person, a man called Nathan Brown, drove 700 miles to be there. And do you know what he said? He said, I'm a little disappointed because it's a lot less people than they said online. A lot less people! Is it really? A lot less people. 75 people is a lot less than three and a half million. No, really, I'm shocked. I, I really thought that three and a half million people were going to show up to Area 51. Yeah, can't believe it. Gutted. What a letdown. Incredible. So um, if you if you went to Area 51 yesterday, if you were one of the 75, I hope you had a lovely time. Um, and I, I really sympathise that it's a lot less people than they said on the internet. Oh, man. That quote's too funny. Um, coming up next, we're going to talk possibly alien-related, maybe, freaky coincidences that have occurred. On the way, after Ariana Grande, Miley Cyrus, Lana Del Rey, this is Don't Call Me Angel. Wizard Radio, that was Ariana Grande, Miley Cyrus, and Lana Del Rey with Don't Call Me Angel, Alec Feldman here. And we just talked about the Facebook event where people were storming Area 51, or not, as it turned out, to try and prove the existence of aliens. But maybe what I'm about to tell you possibly could prove the existence of aliens. Or if not aliens, then some kind of other, I don't know, spiritual deity or superior divine being that made some kind of divine intervention into into everybody's lives. Um, because there's been there's been quite an incredible coincidence that my sister has been a part of. It's a textbook related coincidence um, at school. You know how if, if you're lucky and you go to a school that doesn't make you pay for your own books, they you get to borrow them. They'll lend you a book for a year. And what you do is you sort of write your name on the inside cover and say, you know, what the date is and when you have it. Just so they know who's had it when, they know who causes the damage, if it gets damaged, etc, etc. Et and it's always quite fun at the beginning of the year when you get a new textbook. So have a look through and see who the previous owners of the book have been. Just, you know, to see if there's anyone you know, maybe wonder... You know, what are they up to now? This person who had my textbook between 2008 and 2009. How are they doing? Are they doing well? Are they happy? Have they got a job? Anything like that? You know, it's quite an interesting piece of history, really. The people that have owned a textbook before you. And my sister has got a brand new textbook. Well, not brand new. It's in a new textbook for the year. It's had two previous owners. Uh, the book, if you're interested, is... Russia and the Soviet Union, 1917-41. I'm sure it's a fascinating read. For a history, right. And had pre two previous owners. And she shows me the sticker on the inside. She said, Alec, don't you know someone who's got the same surname as a person who had this book? And I was like, oh yeah, I do actually. What's the first name? And it turned out, which is quite a cool little coincidence, that the book she has was previously owned by one of my friend's brothers. That's quite cool, right? A fun little coincidence. Uh, she has a book that my friend's brother used to have. So I sent my friend a picture, and I was like, oh, look, my sister has your brother's old textbook. And he was like, ha, that's cool. And that could have been the end of that, right? And I thought it was. But then something even freakier happened because he sent me a picture of his brother's textbook um, an economics textbook and um, it's a date of issue 6th of September 2019 and it had his brother's name in it the same brother who used to have my sister's history textbook and this book has only ever had one other owner on the 27th of June 2016 uh, the person that had this book before my friend's brother 
Alec Feldman. How weird is that? His brother has my old textbook, and my sister has his brother's old textbook. It's just a weird double coincidence that a brother and sister, no, not brother and sister, two siblings, me and my sister, him and his brother, they've both had books from like the same family. I don't know how to put it into words, but it's weird. He had my old textbook, she had his old textbook. How, how crazy is that? I just think that's a really weird coincidence. And, you know, I'm not saying this is conclusive proof that there is a, another being, a more spiritual, all-powerful being. But you know what? Who knows? That is that is a freaky coincidence. It's quite cool. So, a uh, very simple question that I'd like to ask you right now. Just freaky coincidences. Have you ever had any that you would like to tell me about on a similar kind of, oh my God, that's kind of crazy level to my sister having my friend's brother's old textbook and my friend's brother having my old textbook, which is quite quite the coincidence in itself. Um, 07807 if you want to text me your freaky coincidences, that's the number to do it on. 07807 You can also send me an email, station at wizardradio.co.uk or go on to Facebook, facebook.com slash wizardradio. You can check us out on there, give us a like, send us a message. We'll share some of those messages for you in a little bit. Billy Eilish coming up, and next I'm going to play some Sam Felt. And I've done some research into Sam Felt. It's a name I've kind of heard a few times before. Wanted to learn a bit more about them. So I've done some research. I have condensed all that research into 60 seconds, and it is all completely true. So here is my 60 second guide to Sam Felt. Alex, totally accurate, definitely not made up 60 second guide. Samantha Felt is a house DJ from someplace far away. She's best known for a cover of Show Me Love, a song that's been covered so many times that nobody can remember who originally wrote it. Some believe it originates from the Tudor era, possibly even being attributable to King Henry VIII himself. She's notable for making all of her album titles puns on her name that describe the tone of the album. For example, Sam Felt Happy, Sam Felt Hangry, or Sam Felt Sick. Her website is howdosamfeel.com, and she recently brought out her own range of pens called Sam Felt Tips. Even though she makes house music, she does all of her mixing and editing on cassettes, which on occasion has led to embarrassing incidents at gigs when the tapes got tangled and she's had to unwind it with her pencil. And the crowd tends to get a bit rowdy when the tape reaches the end of one side and Sam has to take it out and turn it over and put it back in again and press play. Sam has had a massive crush on Post Malone since meeting him in Walmart eight months ago, and she named this song after him to get his attention. That's Sam Felt in 60 seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Saturdays, 3 till 5. Billie Eilish, all the good girls go to hell. And before that, Sam Felt, who is on Wizard Radio Station every Sunday night, 11 till 12 a.m. 11 p.m. to 12 a.m., that's it. Finishing off your weekend. So check him out. It is him, by the way. Sam Felt on Wizard Radio. Sundays at 11 p.m. Alec Feldman here right now. Coming up, Charlie Puth and Post Malone. And in 10 minutes, we'll get back to the front door to see who's been knocking at it. We'll only let them in if you can get as to who they are. So that's coming up in 10 minutes time. Right now though, we are discussing freaky coincidences because my sister has a textbook from school that used to be owned by my friend's brother. But that same person, my friend's brother, also has a textbook that used to be owned by me. There is something going on there that means our two families and siblings have been tied together. I don't know what, but it's, it's kind of weird. And so um, I want to hear about your freaky coincidences. Jake says, I went to my first music festival last year and I was in the dance tent 
and I bumped into two friends I hadn't seen since primary school. We were all best friends who just kind of stopped talking when we moved to different schools. And we were all there separately and all bumped to each other, <laughs> bumped into each other at the same time. It felt like fate. Oh, that's so lovely. A nice little friendship reunion. That is kind of cool, though, that you're all there separately. You're all at the same festival. You're all in the same tent. You're all in the same part of the tent. And you just were drawn to each other. That is quite cool. Good story, that. I hope you're all like still friends now and still in touch with each other, because that could be a really cute story. Brought back together by the dance tent at your first music festival. That would be cool. Michaela says, I found out who my roommates were going to be at uni a couple of weeks ago, and one of them has a freak coincidence i've never met her before but she lived across the street from my best friend oh wow that is quite a cool little coincidence you know what are the chances of that but it gets better another coincidence is that she came to my secondary school once for an open day but decided not to go there we both went to paris on holiday one winter and we were at the eiffel tower at exactly the same time on the same night we checked the timestamps on our pictures on our phone it seems like it's our destiny to meet each other. Yeah, you see, that is quite cool. Totally unlikely. Just the intersection of all of those different things, the living across the road from the friend and being in Paris at the same time, it is incredible. Um, what would have been even better, I think, is if you were in the background of each other's photos on the Eiffel Tower. That would have been mad, like properly insane if you were looking at your photos and you're like, hang on a minute. Is that you? That would have been awesome, but maybe that would have been one kind of crazy coincidence too far. I don't really know what I'm trying to prove here, because it's it's probably not all down to the existence of God or some other kind of spiritual being, you know. Um, but it's just, I, I find these stories quite cool to hear about, just because of this total unlikeliness of it, and just the coolness that, I don't know, we're all brought together. Nothing is as unconnected as we think it is because you know i don't know for whatever reason chance probability i don't know uh robbie says my mom and her sister were estranged from birth oh wow they were twins they got separated as soon as they were born and put up for adoption and she'd never seen her sister before my mom and dad went on a cruise on holiday once and got friendly with a couple on the table next to her she got talking and over the course of a week realized no way she realized the other woman was my mum's long lost sister it was so weird and freaky and unlikely that's incredible that's actually life-changing that's not like oh isn't that funny they've got the same textbook that is life-changing to meet your actual your own blood sister flesh and blood relation to just bump into them on a cruise after being separated for their whole lives that's that is incredible. What a story. I I don't think that can be topped, you know. What an amazing story. So do they, like, stay in contact after? I want to know. Are they, like, you know, good family now because of this one cruise? Just by chance, they were conversing. Unbelievable. Imagine how, imagine how that must have felt to be having that conversation, just finding out all these little de details. Like, oh, I'm adopted. Oh. Oh, me too. Oh, what are the chances? Yeah, I have a twin. Do you really? Oh, me too. Yeah, where were you born? What's your birthday? What? And just as they piece this puzzle together bit by bit, that must have been so incredible. Wow. That's almost giving me, <laughs> giving me goosebumps a little bit because that, that, is, that is quite cool. And um, listen, I've got a message from Brandon. 
I don't want to disrespect Brandon here, but I feel like we've got the order of these messages wrong, and actually Brandon should have probably come before Robbie's amazing story. But, you know, thanks for the message, Brandon. In any other circumstances, this would be a great message. So I'm sorry that you have to come after that mad story. But Brandon says, uh, my dog went missing once, and where was he found? In the back garden of one of my friend's houses who lived two streets away. The dog broke through a fence to get there. It's so weird that of all houses, it was one of my friend's houses that they went to, even though my dog had never been there before. You see, that is cool, and that's funny, because imagine knocking at the door and being like, hi, I'm looking for my dog, and be like, oh, hey, it's you. What are the what are the chances? But but yeah, that is a good story. Just a shame that it comes after the one about long-lost sisters. But thank you for those messages. I've enjoyed them, just because it's, it's cool and freaky and weird, and just a fun part of, of this world is the fact that weird stuff happens like that. Which sounds kind of weird and preachy, but I promise I'm not trying to push God onto you because, you know, I'm not sure about that rubbish myself. But, you know, it's it's cool and it's weird and it's fun to hear stories about it. So, all good. Coming up next, I think I'd better see whether we should let this person who's knocking at my door in. So, we'll, we'll take some guesses and then decide whether or not they get to come in on Wizard Radio next. And someone's knocking at your door first. Charlie Puth, new one from him called Mother. Someone's knocking at the door. Somebody's ringing the bell. Welcome back to another exciting round of Someone Knocking at Your Door. My name's Alec Feldman, and someone's knocking at my door, but who is it? The only way to find out is to guess their identity based on five questions that James Gilmore got to ask me earlier. They are only allowed in to the house and onto the show if someone, and it just has to be one person, guesses their identity correctly and if they guess them correctly then we'll get them on the show and have a chat and find out a bit about you know them and what they're up to and why they're knocking at my door but if nobody guesses then they're not allowed in and i will send them away never to be seen again so the person knocking at the door this week we've established five things we've established that they're a man we've established that they're british we also know that they are sort of a character but sort of a real person as well. I can tell you that they're not a musician and they are very relevant today. When I say today, I don't just mean like the modern era. I mean the 21st of September, 2019. This person is very, very relevant to everybody's lives. So based on that, that information that we know, man, British, character, but also kind of real, not a musician, and relevant to everybody's lives today on the 21st of September. Who is knocking at the door? Benny has been on. He's got a guess. He says this person plays a character of himself. And there's like a ver- version of him that we don't see, which is how he really is. He's very relevant. He's British. And we think he's a male, or at the very least, he might, might be human. Benny thinks Boris Johnson is knocking at the door. It's not Boris Johnson. It has been before, but he hasn't come back for a return visit. I don't think he had a very good time. So he's never been around to my house again, which is not all that much of a shame, really. He can he can stay away for as long as he likes. But no, Benny, you are wrong. <coughs> not Boris Johnson. Thanks for playing, though. Next guess is from Melissa. Their guess is not a musician. British male, very relevant at the moment because he's on Britain's Got Talent, the champions, and kind of plays a character version of himself. She says, I feel like he ticks all of the boxes. She's talking about Simon Cowell. Um, let me just have a, a closer look through the peephole. No, this person's trousers, I'd say, they're at kind of 
normal height, waist height, not nipple height. And they don't look like they've had a very dodgy plastic surgery job. So no, it's not Simon Cowell. This person, as far as I can tell, still has their original face. So it's not him. No, you are incorrect, Melissa. I am sorry to report. Charlie says, is Ed Sheeran knocking at your door? He's a British male, and I know he's a musician, but I don't like his music anyway, so he's not a very good one. I also think he's really fake and plays a bit of a character, but he's very relevant because of all the beef with Wiley right now. Ah, yes, the Ed Sheeran Wiley beef. I was all over that on Instagram the other week. Very, very funny. Wiley totally laying into Ed Sheeran for getting me on loads of crime songs. But no, it's not Ed Sheeran. I feel like, Charlie, your personal beliefs about who is and isn't a musician based on whether you like their songs or not isn't like a universal thing. So Ed Sheeran, even if you don't like his music, would be classed as one. So it's not him. Um, and also, he, th he says, I think he's really fake and plays a bit of a character. Have you seen Ed Sheeran's acting? He's been in a few films and TV shows, right? He's not fake because I've seen him when he's acting and it's very, very obvious. So uh, no, it's not Ed Sheeran. He's not knocking at the door. This person, as far as I can tell, isn't Ginger. So no, it's not him. Uh, Mike says, random one, but is your guest this week Peter Capaldi? He's relevant today because he's related to Lewis Capaldi, the musician. But Peter isn't a musician himself, so he ticks the boxes. He's also an actor, so he plays characters, and he's on TV the whole time. Um, no, it's not Lewis Capaldi. Uh, um, relevant because he's related to Lewis Capaldi is a bit... It's, it's reaching a bit. He was quite famous for being Doctor Who. So I think that's more of a claim to relevancy than being related to top, uh, Lewis Capaldi, but there we go. Um, this person, I'm looking at some pictures of who's knocking at the door. They, I suppose they kind of might look a bit similar to Lewis Capaldi one day, but not at the moment. Uh, sorry, to Peter Capaldi one day, but not at the moment, no. Uh, Sasha says, if it isn't Boris Johnson, is it Jeremy Corbyn? No, we did him last week. Can't believe you weren't listening, Sasha. No, it's not Jeremy Corbyn. But she says, I saw him on the news, so he's very relevant today, uh, in particular. And he's a British male who plays a heightened version of himself. <laughs> if that's heightened, I don't know what he's like to hang out with in real life. Uh, but no, it's not Jeremy Corbyn. It's not Boris Johnson. It's not Peter Capaldi. It's not Ed Sheeran. It's not Simon Cowell. Nobody has guessed it correctly this week, which is quite sad news because they are very relevant today. I would have liked to actually invited them in for a chat and find out a bit more with everything that's going on, but obviously now we can't do that. Nobody guessed who they are, so we're going to have to send them home. I can exclusively reveal that the person who was knocking at the door this week was Thomas Cook. That's right, Thomas Cook, born in Melbourne in 1808, died in 1892 in Leicester, UK. Um, he also has a travel agent named after him. He was an English businessman. Well, he founded this travel agent. And that's why he's got a travel agent named after him. And they've gone into administration today, I think, or something. They're in big trouble, basically. They've run out of money. Loads of people could be stranded in foreign countries because they can't get flights back. And had I allowed Thomas Cook in, I would have said, you know, Thomas, all these people that you've let down, how has this happened? Why are you going to, what are you going to do about it? What do you have to say for yourself? Are you sorry? But... Because nobody guessed who he is correctly, I'm going to have to send him away. There will be no interview with Thomas Cook on the show today. I'm really sorry to let you all down, but at the end of the day, you should have guessed him correctly. So someone who was knocking at the door today was Thomas Cook. Goodbye, Thomas. You can't come in. Get off my property. You have all the grace and decorum of a reversing dump truck. 
without any wheels. Goodbye. Um, and that was Thomas Cook. That was someone's looking at your door. What a shame that we never got to chat to him. And uh, that's pretty much the end of the show. So thanks very much for listening as ever this week. I hope you enjoyed the grand reveal of the new board game Order Order. It's a great shame that it didn't quite go to plan. But you know what? It's a work in progress. Uh, it'll come back stronger, hopefully, in the future when I've worked out a few of the kinks. Because this is going to be huge one day. I promise you it will be. Just need to fix a few things. Um, back on the radio, Friday, 3 o'clock for the weekly mixtape. Also, Saturday, 3 till 5, we'll do it all again with someone talking at your door once more and connect, uh, not connect for six second guide connect for has gone and loads of tunes and chat as well. And you can get the podcast. If you missed any of today's show from iTunes or Google or Acast or wherever else you get your podcast, check it out. I'll see you next week. Miles Mikulski is coming up next and this is Post Malone with Circle. See ya. There goes another episode of Alec Feldman, the podcast. Wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio based fun. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means? Do you want to take that a bit further, though? Because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz, and I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts.